Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal. It's kind of like when you're listening to Metal Up Your Podcast, you go on and on, and then you die. Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. This is episode 280, and we're going to take a a brief uh, right turn off the uh, Metal Up Your Podcast highway. We're going to dip into what we are calling Hot Summer Nights <laughs> Part 1. Well, I played the song Hot Summer Nights on an episode with Brad Blazik, yeah. and we got a lot of response of people wanting to check that out. It we, was a hit. It was a hit. It was a big hit with the Metal Your Podcast yeah. community. And so uh, we've got a busy couple of weeks coming up. We thought this would be fun. We're going to do all the housekeeping, all the tangent cities, but we're going to listen to Part 1 of what we are calling Hot Summer Nights, even <laughs> though it was called Rejected Demos or Bad Demos. Yes, yeah. These are, by the way, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. If you're joining us for the first time, we ordinarily always talk about Metallica or Metallica adjacent stuff. Ethan and I are two professional touring musicians. Metallica is our favorite band. But yeah, I'm excited about this. So what this is, real quick, is what era, what circa year was this getting passed around? I mean, for me, it was 2007-ish. Okay. For me, it would have been about 2001 or two. Okay. So these, these have been going around for a while. You can tell it's from either like people from country record labels or Christian record labels that get like back in the day, people would literally make a demo tape and send it to labels. And so they, somebody compiled all these really bad rejected demos and just put it together. And people started burning CDs and pass them around <laughs> like the tape trading world. Right. And so I got someone burned me a CD to said bad demos. Yeah. And, I, and we laughed our asses off at this thing. Yeah. This was like pretty, this was like constant rotation in the van. Oh Yeah. Uh, it's funny, we were just talking about Bill Hicks before we started rolling, but one of my first van tours with Griffin House, I don't know why this happened. So this would have been 2008 or nine. No one really had the like hook your iPod up yet, yeah. even though I think iPads pods were happening. Sure. Definitely no iPhones. Yeah. And we were just rocking CDs in the van. Oh, yeah. For some reason, when we got in the van, there were only two CDs in it. One was Bill Hicks, some Bill Hicks special. Yeah. And the other one was this goddamn CD. Wow. And we never put another CD in. We never <laughs> bought CDs. We were on the road for like eight weeks. I mean, those are so damn funny. <laughs> like, you have a, a great comedian and one of his specials. You're going to laugh your ass off. And then you have these demos, which make you laugh your ass off. The only other CD that got played. So a guy named Charlie Mars was opening for us. Yeah. And so he was in the van with us. He played his own CD yeah. all the time. He listened to his own record. Oh, you've told me this. Yeah, all the time. And, and he would like, he was like jamming out to it. Wow. I've told you that story. Oh, yeah. That's, we, that's I woke up and I, I saw it. He's driving and I, I was looking in the rearview mirror. I said, man, you listen to your own record again? Again? Because I, I feel like, I mean, I, I listen to my own tunes. Sure. Yeah. But there should be some shame. I don't do it public. Like, I don't, you know, if Nova, I wrote a song called Topa Chico. It's my daughter's favorite song. Awesome. And she always wants to hear Topa Chico in the car. And we jam it in the car. But when my wife's in the car, I get a little self-conscious. Sure, yeah. I'm like, hey, just so you know, I'm not just like listening to my own shit all the time in my car. There are times where like I'll finish uh, recording a demo or like you know, whatever, something with my voice on it. And I'll be listening in the car to just make some mental notes, what I need to add to it. And I'll be cranking it. Yeah. I'll get to a red light and I turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because there's some, there's some, I think, appropriate shame involved. But Charlie had none of that. Yeah. I, I was like, dude, are you listening to your own record again? 
And he just he was like bobbing up and down to his records, and he he looked me in the eye in the review. He said, "I'm waiting for something better to come out." Oh my gosh! I was like, man, I both admire your confidence. And also just am disgusted by your lack of and shame. And you said, allow me to play you Tom Petty's Wildflowers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, speaking of, I think you'll really enjoy, enjoy this. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched, you know, the Gibson TV on YouTube, where they, at the, they do the uh, icons. They have the Kirk Hammett one, the Jerry Cantrell. Are you about to talk about the Mike Campbell thing? Have you watched it? Yeah. It's so fun. It's I watch amazing. anything that Mike Campbell does. Totally. Uh, I, I watched it last night before I went to bed. If, for those who don't know, it's called The Collection on Gibson's YouTube channel. And they just go to a bunch of well-known guitar players. You they, know, they, they talk about their guitars. Yeah, it's super nerdy, but I loved how Mike Campbell just didn't know much. But he's like, oh, is that a 63? <laughs> yeah. he does, He's just like, whatever. I it, would be like that. It looks cool. It sounds cool. That's why I bought it. That's exactly how I would be. I, I felt, I mean, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a not the f- crazy guitar nerd. I'm somewhere in the middle. But, mm-hmm. but Mike, Mike Campbell's like what, I'm, what I want to be. I want to know less. Yeah. Okay. I mean, here's the deal, dude. He just cares about the vibe. Yeah. It's in all of his records. Yep. He's vibe. All he cares about is vibe. And his, he, and he obviously cares about like, yeah, the, the look of the aesthetic. And so he became a very famous guitar player at a really young age and he had people take care of it his whole career. Yeah. And I love that one of the guitars he picked up was one that um, literally had a patent pending date on the like tremolo thing mm-hmm. on the guitar. And he goes, oh, 1910, huh? <laughs> it literally says it on the guitar. It, it was really fun. If I had someone take care of all my shit, I wouldn't. I would just buy guitars based on what they look like. Yeah. Uh, all that to say, that tangent to say is that I would, I really hope it'd be cool if, if that guy that hosts that thing, if they did uh, like a James Hetfield one, because mm. obviously up until ESP only played Gibson. Mm. So, you know, he's got a bunch of cool shit. I don't know. It could be fun. Yeah. I mean, the, the rumor I heard is that they were trying to get like a Gibson production model for him, but they just couldn't figure out the business. Yeah. And I think he's a pretty dyed in the wool ESP guy now. I, yeah, I'd imagine so. I mean, he even had them make that. His coolest Gibson to me aren't the Explorers. It's the it's the '70s custom Les Paul. Yeah, that he calls Uncle Milty. Mm-hmm. And they ESP basically made a replica of it. So yeah. he's like, "Why would I ever play the? You know, he never plays yeah. that Gibson now." Yeah, I mean, they could. I guess they could do some sort of like half and half deal, like they did with they're doing with Kirk. You know, with like his own line of V's or whatever. Yeah, but, I don't think he has an exclusive. I think James Heffel can do whatever he wants. I think he actually likes ESP. Oh yeah, for sure. I think he just likes that company. You know, I, I mean, I, th- I mean, he's it's the proof is in the pudding. He's been playing them since the late '80s. So. Yeah, they don't. They've never made a James guitar. Yeah, you know, he he was playing on Les Paul the last tour I saw. Yeah, he was playing, and I remember I talked to Chad about it. It was, I was like, is that like a cool old thing? He was like, no, it's just like a new. Mm-hmm reissue like whatever tobacco burst yeah. with a bigsby on it right that james will play for creeping death yeah so yeah I, I i don't know i guess it would be cool i would love to see any kind of deep dive into his guitar collection yeah, i think i just you know as, as as i've watched a lot of those episodes of, of the collection i just thought man it'd be cool if this, those two dudes were sitting in hq just, mm-hmm. going, just opening cases well i know that james collects guitars yeah he has like some old like karina explorers and stuff oh you know he's, he's got an old 50s korean explorer that are very yeah. rare that uh, yeah Ernie, who I worked with with Brandy Carlisle, he, mm-hmm. there was three luthiers that worked on it, and, hmm. he, and he was one of them on that on James's guitar. Yeah, on James's to do what? Uh, just when he first got it, just to like <laughs> they needed three luthiers. I don't know what the reasoning was for three different luthiers. I have no idea. <laughs> how do you why. tune this E string? I'm gonna call uh, my buddy down to in, Seattle. I'm gonna call my buddy down in Portland and see how it works. But I mean, the thing's worth so much money. Somebody drove it to Seattle. Yeah, for him to work on. They're shipping that crap. I mean, yeah. I could see maybe someone flying with it, like on the plane. You know what was all that hoopla? Was it like a year ago that Kirk announced a bunch of Gibson stuff? We haven't seen any of that. Well, we saw they were going to make a greeny replica. Well, we remember we saw on the four. It was the 40th anniversary shows. He did play that purple V. That yeah, Gibson purple V. So our assumption at the time was, oh, 
that's got to be one of the new Kirk Hammett models. Man. Well, I did see. Let's go ahead and just get into the news. It's Tangent City up here at the top. So <laughs> you have here that the Sabbath True vans are coming back on April 14th, which will be a few days ago as, as you're listening to this. But I know you, you got a pair last year. I got them. Uh, so the, I guess due to popular demand, they're bringing them back for a limited time. Listen, dudes and ladies out there. Don't sleep on this shit because you're going to not get it. And then you're going to feel bummed you didn't get it when you can't get them. Right. I mean, I don't wear those shoes that much, but I got the first run of the Vans, the black ones, and I got the Sabbath True shoes. Yeah. Because I, I just, I'm the kind of guy that when it sells out, I'm like, fuck, why did I not get that? I should have done it. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you guys, I get it. Money's tight, but figure it out in your budget. Like, yeah. eat out a little bit less. Like, get that vinyl club stuff. I'm telling you guys, you're, you're going to want that shit. Try to get the box sets. Mm-hmm. This Master Puppets box set. It's a million dollars now. So, it's so much money. When yeah. it came out, it was $200. Yeah. You got, I, I just want to encourage everybody. Like, you know my Beatles thing, right? Oh, yes. Well, I bought the Beatles Let It Be box set last night because I didn't know it comes with a record called Get Back, which is the Glenn Johns mix. Cool. And I was like, oh, it comes with that? I need that now. now. I, have the, I have the new Giles Let It Be. Mm-hmm. I have like three versions of Let It Be. Yeah, the but I just bought the box set because it comes with a book that they're never going to make again, and that Get Back album. Like, yeah. I don't know if that that's not for sale. Yeah, you got to jump on that kind of stuff. I mean, you can't take this shit with you, but goddamn, but I got. Well, I got well, here. Yeah. I'm here now, though. Yeah, I'm here now. I want it now. I'm trying to remember how much the shoes were. You want the Golden Goose now? The the shoes were like a hundred bucks. Yeah, hundred twenty five bucks. Yeah, well, I'm definitely gonna get on, again. On, I'm gonna be out of town with the day that come out. So hopefully, by the time I get to my hotel that night, they'll still be uh, available because I, I definitely want to order a pair. Lord willing, the metal Lord willing, they have a size fifteen. Also in the news, uh, if you are a part of the uh, the Coda collection where you have Prime Video, Night Two of Metallica is now streaming on both of those. It's remixed and remastered. Obviously, there's Night One available. Um, that's kind of the only Metallica news, only because it's only been a few days since we recorded our last episode. Uh, the one thing I did include in the news is uh, another little reminder about your new record, Going Supernova. Yeah, so the Kickstarter hasn't launched yet. I'm still getting all that together. It's sure. a big thing to get it together. You got to make these videos and you got to figure out what you're doing. And I want to have my Great White Light EP ready to give everybody as soon as they sign up for it. Yeah. So I have my album, Going Supernova, and my EP, Great White Light, in various stages of mix. Yeah. And you know what that's like. It's just a lot of emails, a lot of notes, mm-hmm. tweaking, compression, and EQ. And it's just in limbo right now with it's just, all that. The, the, the nice thing is that it's all done. You know, like the record is made. Both records are made. So I'm really just sort of overseeing the mixing. Yeah, cool. And then, of course, my Katie Featherson podcast is dropping May 15th. As of now, the Attention Machine single is out called Get a Life. It fucking rocks. I've got a poetry book coming out. Some busy shit. Hang on a second. You didn't t- I don't know this. This is news to me. A po- you're doing a poetry book? I have a poetry book, yes. Hell yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Self-publishing. Nice. Kind of the way that we do like uh, the t-shirts. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. So well, I mean, shit. When are you gonna start hitting the late night circuit and do Howard Stern and all this? As soon as they, as soon as they invite me, man, I'm excited to talk to Howard Stern. I would love to see Howard Stern interview uh, interview you. Yeah, it'd me be, too. It'd be rad. I would love to see it and hear it. <laughs> well, I'll tune in if it happens. <laughs> I feel like you have so much coming out. It's time for you to do like your your couple weeks of promo. Well, we've had kind of two months off the road, and I do not like to sit still. I like to make things. Right. Yeah. People say all the time, they're like, you're an atheist. Why do you get out of bed every day? What do you have to hope for? And I'm like, I make shit, motherfucker. That's what yeah. I do. I order Beatles box sets. I don't know if I'm going to heaven later. I got to do it now. <laughs> right, exactly. Heaven's just a bonus for me. Yeah, for sure. So, it all is. right. So, you'd be looking out for that Going Supernova Kickstarter. I'm going to do vinyl. I'm thinking about doing CDs. 
Okay. Like a small run of CDs. Yeah. A lot of people wanted Lunar Satan CDs. I had, uh, for my last record, I had maybe 40 people order CDs through Kickstarter. So more than I expected. Um, yeah. And now I have 60 left over. <laughs> <laughs> well, once we have parties again and stuff, we'll be selling stuff. Oh, we yeah. Do, like, for sure. For sure. And here's the best news about getting going Supernova out, which I've been jamming. I have been jamming it in the car. Yeah. Because I've been listening to a lot of mixes. It fucking rocks. It really it does. does. It's awesome. It really does, man. Here's the best news about getting all this out is that means the slate is clean for Lunar Satan 2. That's right. Volume 2. That's la- so, the slate has been wiped clean. Okay. So as far as the giveaways, we gave away the box set and two of our, uh, I always want to call them coolers, but they're bottles. Water bottles. Damn. I have like a mental block about that, dude. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time you do. So I believe the box set has been claimed by Carly. Carly emailed us. She has claimed the box set. Christian Post has claimed one of the water bottles. Matt Hicks, where are you, bro? Matt Hicks, dude. Time's listen, ticking, dude. Now, now listen, we said that we would wait till the next episode to draw another name. However, as of recording this, the new episode came out yesterday. So we will wait till the next episode. In the next couple of days, if we don't hear from Matt Hicks, we're, the next episode we're doing another drawing for the last water. Bottle. You know what we're going to do, Ethan? A little callback to the 90s here. What's we're going to chill until the next episode. You support us over there. It's patreon.com slash metal up your podcast. You're going to hear a commercial for it later. We have three new patrons, Robert Hayes, Chris Von Chamier, and Boris. Boris. Have become patrons. Don't bore us. Don't bore us. Get to the giveaways. Get to, get to the giveaways. We really appreciate it, guys. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Music. You can support us and like and subscribe and all the things that you're being begged every week to do by all the people who make the stuff that you like. That's right. And it's important to try to do some of that. It really is important to do some of that. Clickety-clack and just, you know, subscribe to our things and you'll be more informed of what we're doing and when we're uh, dropping cool shit, giveaways, all that stuff. That's the way to do it. Metal Up Your Podcast Show at gmail.com is where you can email us and we're going to read emails right now on what we lovingly refer to as the email portals. I said portals just for fun. All right, our first email is from Mark Potter. He says, one, two, luck runs out. Ooh. Thank you for uh, blessing my ears with the comedy that was Hot Summer Nights. Well, you're in for a <laughs> motherfucking treat. Yes, you are. Um, if I was climbing a beanstalk, I'd simply fall off from laughing. So I thought I'd return the favor. First, here's a bit of context. In 1997, I was a part of a Def Leppard mailing list that was organizing a tribute album to the boys from Sheffield. Uh, not only did I design the website, but I also volunteered to add a recording to the project. And well, at this time... I was in a Nine Inch Nails heavily, and this was the result. He sends us a link. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm even hateful. I'm tired. I can't breathe. So tired. This is scary. Yeah. Did I just do heroin? I can't, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't listen anymore. To that that's too scary. Whoa, what the hell that is, is this? Scary. He says, "I know what you're asking, and no, no hallucinogenic drugs were used. Just a stone cold sober audio experiment. Laugh while you want, because I sure as hell do." Crawl from the wreckage one more time, Mark Potter. Mark, uh, that was terrifying, dude. I'm sorry, Mark. I couldn't make it through it, homie. I, I don't know if I could drive home from HQ2 today. But uh, thank you for writing in. And if you like hot summer nights, yeah, you're in for a treat because you're about to hear a bunch of shit like that. Fonzie Brookstone, who's a patron. Right, and it says maybe not enough to chew on, but have you guys done a breakdown on the rhythms behind the solos? Went down an injustice for all rabbit hole and listened to Fleming's rough mixes, which you can hear bass, and found a non-solo version of Freydens of Sanity. When it was solo time, holy shit, James's solo was fucking sick. Anyway, just a thought. Cheers, Fonzie. 
Well, we kind of deal with that in the deep cut dives. Yeah, we'll break that down a little bit. And you're, you're correct. Like a lot of the stuff that James does um, underneath Kirk solos is, is ho- totally different from the song and pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, I love it. I love that shit. And I was thinking about it today in my in the title track of my album, Going Supernova. There's a pattern that happens throughout the song, but for the solo, it's in a completely different key. Yeah, cool. It's just a fun little trick. It's so fun. Yeah. And, and then like, it's it's fun to do that, to take a weird left turn. And then I had the challenge of like, how do I get this back to where the song is for verse three? Right, yeah. Like, we took a left turn. That's fun, but you got to get it back. Yeah. Forward. Like, the Beatles were killer at that. They're like, their use of seven chords to get things back mm-hmm. to where they kind of started, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, That's a, it's, a, it's a little fine art to, uh, I guess, make, a, what, make another left turn? <laughs> how many lefts before? Yeah, it's four lefts before you're back where you started, Okay, right? perfect. Is that how many? Three, it's three. Is it three? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> let me get my graphing calculator let me you know i brought a protractor actually i love the fucking math portions of the show dude <laughs> it's just my favorite if we can land on a math tangent that's just oh, my man. favorite Is it four lefts or three lefts get your protractor i'll get you do we have an overhead projector to do this lesson real quick an overhead projector yeah we or we can put it on a. we used to watch uh um like science videos and shit on Laserdisc. Laserdisc. Yeah. yeah. It's the future. I, I remember they would bring it, the teacher would bring in the big old cart with the TV on it. Oh, yeah. Strapped down. Yeah, it was strapped down ours always. Was, ours was mostly VHS. <laughs> Why were they always so strapped down? I guess because of the liability of maybe killing someone or yeah, a kid. Yeah, like TV or... falling on a kid's head or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> they were always, always strapped down, dude. Yeah, you got. I mean, you got to keep that thing on, and you don't want someone to steal it. Oh my god, dude! I had I had a class in high school called zoology. It was just a bullshit class. We watched a movie every day. Awesome. And you just took a test on the movie afterwards. Yeah. It was just basically a bullshit filler class. Yeah. But it was the first class and goddamn, it was so hard not to fall asleep. Oh, dude. Boring. And here you'll see the humble gazelle and it's, natural <laughs> habitat peeking through the meadow. It was always like some oh, yeah. really like comforting British guy. Yeah. And you just woke up like 30 minutes prior to getting to school. So it's like, you're yeah. already tired. I know how the woolly mammoth's tusks were. Yeah. <laughs> the apex predator makes his return to the jungle. You know, actually, if it really was that, it might have been better. It was even worse than that. Right. The apex predator. Here you will see the woolly mammoth in its natural habitat. And then you just hear like the trickling of water. Yeah. And then it'd be like a four minutes of just trying to watch a fucking butterfly emerge from a cocoon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And though the chrysalis <laughs> notice the chameleon changes color with everything. <laughs> I swear to God, I was like, can someone just fucking teach me something? I swear, I would just want to learn today. Like if it was actually it was the crocodile hunter, be like, mate, look at this gorgeous marsupial. <laughs> like you'd be like, okay, I'm awake. Or how about teacher, take some fucking pride in your job and teach us. Don't right. turn the lights out and put on sleepy videos from the fucking late seventies about the tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> and then get mad at us for wanting to go to sleep. Look how swift he's moving. <laughs> uh, Kieran Diggin says, what's up, brothers? Thank you for con- your continued content. I appreciate your dedication to the podcast despite touring and personal trauma. Hope you're caring for yourselves well throughout it all. Wanted to chat about lyrics. <clears throat> I know Papa Het writes from the heart and each of his lyrics have a certain ob- objectivity relating to his, uh, from his, to his experience. But if we want to get all postmodern, I found there's a lot to be gained in viewing some lyrics uh, through subjective lens. Uh, in a period of a burnout and struggle, I found many load lyrics to be helpful. I suppose this isn't surprising knowing what James has experienced. In particular, the line from Hero of the Day really resonated. Uh, don't, don't, uh, don't want your aid, uh, but the, first, the, the fist I make for years I can't hold or feel. No, I'm 
I'm not all me, so please excuse me while I tend to how I feel. He goes on to say, I believe this song is about a returned soldier, but as a pastor for 20 years, uh, someone in a caring profession, I found a real connection with these words. The apologetic tone of please excuse me as I, as I tend to how I feel hits home. Uh, at a time where it was really important for me to tend to my own struggles, I found myself weeping hearing these words, listening to the SNM2 recording on my beach walk. SNM1. Oh, sorry. Sorry. SNM uh, recording on my beach walk. Uh, profound and a great summary of what I was feeling. I find this cathartic and therapeutic. I'd love to hear what Talik and lyrics have spoken to you or others in tough times. Any, he asks. And ends by saying, it's so strange that a middleman can offer such solidarity with someone without even intending it. Oh, the power of music. What a gift. Thanks again. Keep up the good work from Kieran. Hmm. Um, I mean, the load and reload records are going, I think, I just don't think there's any way to get that personal touch from the other ones. They're just too, you know, like, I don't know, metal militia really, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me out. No life to leather. We're going to kick some ass tonight. It's either that's, yeah, it's the kill them all stuff is like the, the call to arms. We're, this is who we are. This is what we do. Right, we're we're yeah. in a metal militia. You know, we're going to hit the lights. We're going to kick your ass. We never stop. We're Metallica. Mm-hmm. We're going to turn the amps up. Yeah. You know, lightning is, is you've got nuclear fallout. You've got the fucking biblical plague shit. You've mm-hmm. got the Hemingway for whom the bell tolls. You've got cryogenic freezing. Right. Kronos. You, you're going to, uh, maybe the scape is kind of a mantra. Life's, life's for my own to live my own way. You can kind of get behind that. Yeah, sure, sure. But it's really not until, it's really not until Dyer's Eve where you get, James, when you get James saying, you know, I'm tired of that fucking lullaby. Yeah. That's when you really start going, oh, because because I think and they just never dealt with that lyrically until then in mm-hmm. terms of like, I think that what they did with their music was the kids were going, oh, there's something in this for me. Right. I feel connected to this or whatever. Sure, yeah, yeah. But when he starts singing about his parents and Dyer's Eve, I think a lot of kids were starting to connect with like, oh shit, not not everything's okay in right. mom and dad land for this guy. I mean, what's what was most personal before that fade to black? And that was just about stolen gear. Oh, yeah, I fade mean, to black. But I can see how people could maybe... Uh, interpret because that's what we do with songs, right? You hear a song, you're not really sure what it's about. You can maybe you plug it out. in the holes and you project your own shit onto yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. For sure. I've done I've done that numerous times with so many songs, and I think that's actually what Kieran has done with with Hero of the Day, which I've always found lyrically a little odd and confusing. I mm-hmm. think it's beautiful. I love it. Sure, Mama, they try to break me. You know, the window burns to light the way back home. That's just that's pretty. That's a pretty line. That's a really good lyric. Yeah, um, a light that warms no matter where they've gone. They're off to find the hero of the day. Yeah, I guess it's maybe it's about a soldier. I, I, it's t- it's tough. Like I deal with this in my songwriting all the time. I'm talking about when I'm co-writing with people for like their records or for to try to write hit songs and stuff. It's like there's a really huge emphasis in this town. Like everything has to make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. and I find that so boring because yeah, good songs don't really have to make linear sense. Well, I mean, and that that really is what like a lot of the country world is. A lot of like the CCM world. It's like it's all very basic. Yeah. It's like you need to get right to the point. Right. Anybody from any walk of life needs to be able to understand what this song is about. Right. Oh, this is about drinking beer on a dirt road. No problem. I get it. Right. But you know, if you're if you're reading lyrics from something off Load or Reload, just maybe it's a fan of that kind of country music, they might be like, uh, what's that mean? You know? For me, yeah, I'm j I am i do not know of any lyrics other than that era that really like other than Black Album on that speak to me the way he's talking about. Can you think of any? Um, like I like the We Are Metallica. Like I like can, I like Cannot Kill the Battery. Yeah, I think a lot a lot of the stuff that that maybe uh, doesn't resonate with me lyrically or doesn't have this like deep substance that I connect with. It's more to or it always has been since I was a kid. More about the feeling the, the band gives me as a whole. Yeah, like, the song as a whole, the song Battery as a whole is like. Wow, but what about lyrically in the nineties? Like I think the lyrics to I'll, I think the lyrics to Sabbath True are deep. 
Yeah. I'm your life. I'm the one who takes like the, this idea of a, looking into a mirror yeah. and, and like a war with yourself. Right. I mean, I, I, I think that's pretty fucking heavy. I mean, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters is okay. Um, I think Rome is a great lyric. Rome, Rome has some great stuff. In Rome there. is just like really in a great way captures what it's like to sort of be lost on the road. Rome or wander. Vagabond, call me what you will. The load and reload era for me, like, man, I love so many lyrics from those records. I love the, uh, uh, I love all the lyrics to Fixer, yeah. but I love the Break the Speller, you know, Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, Break the Speller, Become the Doll. I fucking mm-hmm. love that. And I, I love I love the chorus of that song. Yeah. You know, can you heal what father's done or fix a hole in a mother's son? Yeah. Like, that yeah. stuff's great. Maybe My Friend of Misery. That's a good <sighs> Black Home example, maybe, of... You just stood there screaming. screaming. No one listened to you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if... I don't know. The God That Failed, maybe. Man, there's a, the, the line in Outlaw Torn when he says... Uh, he made me want to smash the clock and feel I'd rather die behind the wheel. Time was never on our side and on I wait until my whole life. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't even know what that song's about. I always think of about Cliff. Yeah. I always kind of, that's what's the magic about it. You just kind of do what it, you put, you plug in whatever your deal is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everyone listening has done that on certain songs. I remember specifically being on the road and, and uh, a Jimmy world record came out called integrity blues. And there's a song called The End is Beautiful. And I found out later, I think it's just, the song, I'm 90% sure, is about his divorce. Mm-hmm. But I was like dealing with some heavy stuff at the time. I was dealing with a lot of like depression. And that song just like hit me really hard because the chorus just says it all, it, it really repeats. It's just, it doesn't have to hurt anymore. Mm-hmm. And just hearing that, just like, I was like, I don't know what the song's about, but right now it's about me. Yeah. You know, it uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. What it, what it was about. That's why I like really great artists. Um, I'm thinking mostly about Bob, but you know, Bob Dylan wrote the kind of songs blowing in the wind, for example, where a lot of people like really thought that he had like big answers to big questions mm-hmm. and they thought they were contained in his songs. Yeah. So he, more than many other artists, at least as, as famous as he is, were, were constantly asked about his songs. What do they mean? What does it mean? What mm-hmm. were you saying? What is all on the watchtower about? Which by the way, all on the watchtower is one of the strangest songs of all time. Mm-hmm. It's super weird. There must be some way out of here Said the joker to the thief There's just too much confusion I can't get no relief Businessmen, they drink my wine Plowmen dig my earth None of them along the line Know what any of it is worth I don't think people think about how weird it is. It, it plops you right in the middle of a story. <laughs> it really does. There must be some kind of way out of here, said the Joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Businessman, drink my wine, plowman, take my earth, but none of them know what any of it's worth. There's not a lot to it. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it really is just like jumping in the middle of a chapter. And, and it, the story doesn't end, and you don't know what the beginning is. Yeah. So, like, but so it's awesome. So so-called Dylanologists who think that every little morsel of Dylan is like some fucking key to the universe. Right. Just begged him, like, what does it mean? What does blowing in the wind mean? How did you do that? What are you trying to say? Yeah. He never told anyone. Right. I think it takes a lot of uh, restraint and courage because I think people desperately want to communicate with their music. Yeah. And so I think there's like a real need to be like, oh, when I wrote that, what I was trying to say was this. Yeah. When you just let them kind of be what they needed to be for you to write it, then they can be whatever they need to be. Because that yeah. guy, the, the Jimmy World guy, if he tells you exactly what that was about, that might kind of take away from what you were needing it for. Exactly, exactly. You're not divorced. No, but th- you're right. That That's one of those things that if you knew what every one of your favorite songs was actually about from that writer, 
it would lose some of its charm. You yeah. know, it would lose some of its power and its magic. Another great artist that I love is David Lynch, who makes the kind of films to where people are like, what does it mean? What mm -hmm. are you trying to say in this movie? And he just, all, I really admire the restraint that he's had his entire career where he's like, he's like, you know, I could tell you what it means to me, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not really important. I just love that because he, he's not even being like, I'll never tell. He's like, it's not even really interesting it's or not, important. Yeah, it's not important in this situation. What, what I think it means. Right. What do you think it means? Yeah. That's really cool. That's I love that. And I think there's no, I, I think James gets pretty close to some of this on, uh, on the new album, on Hardwired, the mm -hmm. new West album, like Halo on Fire, I think. There's, yeah. there's loadish elements there's of some that. Deep, some deep stuff in there. Saint sure. Anger, very personal album, but I think you, I think you, you suffer there because you you turn the lyric writing into democracy. Mm -hmm. And those other dudes aren't lyricists. Yeah, for sure. That was just not well, a good. Phil's pretty good. <laughs> but, <laughs> that really just wasn't a good idea. Yeah, I mean that's easily their weakest album lyrically. Just, just oh, not, not to God, mention yeah. sonically, but lyrically that you know, kill, 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 kill. Yeah, I mean they're. they're my lifestyle determines my death style. They figured it. They figured they they experimented. They figured out. Okay, maybe James needs to actually be writing lyrics like he's done for the past. You know, at that point, twenty years. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's exactly. the ACDC way. That's right. Well, I hope we've answered that question, Kieran. I don't know if we did. Hunter Jump writes in and says, "Clinton Ethan, how are you guys? Good. How, pretty good. I'm pretty well. Yeah." Hope all's well with the families. I guess I'll give you a quick synopsis of my Metallica story. I only knew the hits that get radio play like Sandman and Bells up until I was 19 and went to the Detroit show of the World Wire Tour where we were. That's right. I wasn't a huge fan, like I said, but something inside my brain said that I needed to be there. So I went. Obviously, you guys were there too, but at that point, I wasn't on the ride yet. So looking back, I think it's so bitching that we experienced the same show. That is very cool. That is awesome. I left that show with a new favorite band and fast forward to today. I know all their songs and the Metallica story, which is largely because of you two. But the purpose of finally having the nerve to reach out is that I'm listening to the Explore episode where you listen to Among the Living. And during the email segment, you took the film exit into Tangent City. And for whatever reason now, I'm wondering if you've ever seen the movie Teeth and the movie Rubber. Have you seen these? I don't know those movies. Ooh, buddy. Well, okay. I've seen both. I've seen Ru Flubber. I'll start with Rubber. Rubber is about an anthropomorphic tire that goes on a killing spree. Okay. It's about a tire with a will. Okay. okay. It's very absurdist and yeah. kind of fun, but okay. not very good. Okay. Oh boy, how do I explain teeth? Jesus. Um, teeth is about a woman who has a medical condition where she has sharp teeth in her vagina. Okay. It's a horror movie. Can okay. you imagine? Uh, uh, this is this is probably what's streaming on Shutter right now or something like that, right? It's basically a statement about rape. Yeah. You know, it's wow. it's kind of a statement movie told through kind of a horror avant garde lens. Okay. So <laughs> that's that teeth and rubber. That sounds pretty heavy. Whew. I mean, when you hear that description, does that make you want to rush out and watch it? Not really, no. Okay. It it, it makes me uh, feel similar to when we <laughs> listened to the clip of that tune earlier from the Def Leppard tribute <laughs> album, where I, I felt kind of frightened. He says, both of them, meaning the two films, are ridiculous. And the only reason I've seen them is because there were a lot of goofy-ass movies on Netflix at the beginning of them becoming a streaming service. I have no idea how you go from the idea of a tire having telepathic powers and kills people to actually committing it to film, but it's unbelievable that somebody liked it enough to make it. I had a better segue into asking about those two movies, but I lost it by the time I got to the point in typing this. So I guess I just want to know your thoughts if you have seen them. Um, my thoughts are that they're not really worth watching. I kind of want to see tire. I just a tire rolling around like killing people. It's called rubber. Rubber, yeah, or rubber. Sorry. I mean, it sounds like a fun like movie like late night on the bus. Like you're, you no, know what I mean? No, no, not even that. 
I literally do not want to give any of my time that I have left on God's green earth to any more shitty movies ever again. Okay. To me, that's not fun. You know what's fun? Watching a great movie. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'd rather watch Casino or Shawshank Redemption or Taxi Driver. I, I'd just rather watch a great movie. I just wasn't sure if it was so bad that it it's funny. I don't even believe like in those. No? Okay. I know you in, you're into that. They're, they're not all the time, but there are movies that I'm like, this is so terrible. I can't stop watching this. No, I I've, I will no longer ever again give my, okay. my, my precious time to that. Now, Fair. that's just me. Sure. I'm not. You do whatever you want. Right. But if you guys are watching a like, it's so shitty that it's funny movie. I'm out. I'm going to go watch a basketball game. I'm not usually trying, like, like attempting to do that. There's just so many great movies. It just happens where someone's like, oh, this movie's really good. And then I go to watch it and I'm like, wow, this is not good. And then it's like so bad. It's funny. I don't intentionally. Uh, like Sharknado. Right. I, I will, I was never, about to say, I will <laughs> never watch Sharknado. We watched the first one and I believe my wife watched the rest. I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah. There's like three of them, aren't there? There's like five or six of them. Why? I don't know. I don't know. There's just someone, so many good movies. Someone gave them money to make that many of them. I kind of want to tell everyone that's into that. They're like, it's so it's so bad. It's funny. I'm like, you know, there are good comedies. Yeah. You can do a 90 minute laugh fest. Oh, yeah. With a good movie. Put in some fucking coming to America, dude. The greatest comedy of all time. Dude, the first coming to America. Amazing. What's better? Amazing. I mean, I challenge you. I challenge the world. It's the greatest comedy of all time. Coming to America. What's I've, better? I've, I have not thought about this. I mean, I'm trying to think of some of my favorite comedies of all time. Three Amigos, What About Bob? Great. Oh, love them. Groundhog Day. Um, love them. But not better than Coming to America. Some Steve Martin stuff like... The Jerk. The Jerk is great. Yeah, great. Um, but he's in Three Amigos too. He is. Yeah, that's all good. I would. I, I mean, Coming to America, dude, it's up there. You want to throw some modern shit, some Anchorman Man. in there? Some 40-year-old version. I mean, of course, those are great. Those are, those They're great. Real funny movies. Some Bridesmaids. I'll throw some Bridesmaids I'll, in there. I love Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids is fucking fantastic. It's a, you know what was a good movie uh, that I thought was, I thought was hilarious? That, you know, in the, in the realm of like reboots, hmm. 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street was fine. It was, I thought it was. Yeah, it was good. Jonah I, Hill. I went and going like, oh my God, I want to watch this. And I was, I laughed the whole time. Okay. Here's what I don't understand about But you. coming to America. Why I, are you I, watching movies you don't want to watch? Don't do that. You're wasting your time. Well, no, no. It, okay. But, or it was more, more like, you know, me and my wife sitting like trying to find a movie to watch on Netflix or whatever. It's like, oh, hey, there's that remake or whatever, reboot of 21 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, uh, do I want to? I don't know. And so like, well, let's, let's, let's give it 10, 15, mm-hmm. 20 minutes. If it sucks, we'll move on. I'm going to challenge you next time you have that feeling. Okay. Just pause when you're doing the whole like, uh, let's just fuck it. Let's just see if, let's just hope it's good. Tell yourself. Think about a movie that you, when you scroll on it streaming, you go, fuck yes, I want to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Just try that. That's what Even I normally do. Even if it's fucking do. Rocky, dude. Oh, I, I watch Rocky. Yeah. I, I watch the entire series at least once a year. Next time you watch Shark, you're going to watch Sharknado 5, just watch Rocky. I, if you can't I, think I, of anything no, else. No problem. Or you know what? Call me because I got some movie recs for you. Oh, dude. The, the, Imagine if you had watched Sharknado 6 instead of Brawl and Cell Block 99. I would have been real bummed. Come on, dude. Brawl and Cell Block 99 is fucking amazing. It was awesome. You gave me that recommendation. I watched it that night, and I had a blast. No one's seen it. It's great. No one has seen that goddamn movie, and I was, it's fucking amazing. I watched it in my studio at HQ1 in lounge position with a bowl of popcorn on my lap, love and life. I've wa- Texting Clint during the movie like, dude, this is great. <laughs> you know what I did? I have streamed it like four times. Which is that for seeing a movie four times for me as a 38 year old? Yeah, that's rare. I, when I was a kid, I, w- I watched the Flintstones movie a million times in a row, right? But I actually bought that movie on streaming, okay? Because I'd rented it like four times for three bucks, and then it was like, you know, you could buy it for like 10 bucks. I was like, this makes no sense. I should just buy it. So right. I, it's the only streaming movie I own is Brawl of Subblock 99, dude. <laughs> it's if other you guys than like some movies it, for my kids, it's awesome. It's Vince Vaughn, my it's kids, a, my daughter. Kind of a dark movie, but um. 
It's the guy who did Bone Tomahawk. I mean, you got to see. It's, Bo- it's awesome. I'm going to plant this flag in the sand too, and then we're going to move on. Okay. Same director, Bone Tomahawk, Kurt Russell. Okay. Cannibal Western. Okay. Beautiful. All right. It's 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 intense, but it's it's like Brawl and Subluck '99. Yeah. Another one by that same guy, Craig Zaylor, I think is his name, is a, a kind of a bad cop movie with Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn called Dragged Across Concrete. Okay. But the movie that's like Brawl, Brawl and Subluck '99, I don't know who directed it. It's called Shot Collar. Shot Collar. Okay. Kind of similar premise. Real gnarly shit. Okay. Real good. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jesus, little film tangents here. We never decided on a better film than Coming to America. I would put in top five, So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah, that's great. And probably Dumb and Dumber. I mean... That's... And probably Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day or What About Bob? Which one do you think? Oh, Between those two? That, that is tough, dude. I mean... That's like asking me puppets or just... Or pup, uh, puppets or lightning. I know. It's hard. That's really... They're that close to me. I mean, th- those two Bill Murray's movies alone, if, if, if you had to erase every Bill Murray, from, Bill Murray movie from existence, I would keep those two. What about Ghostbusters? Fantastic. But like... Okay, I'm going to shoot from the he's hip. He's the lead in, in the other two. I'm going to shoot from the hip on this What About Bob Groundhog Day thing. I'm going to go Groundhog Day. Okay. I think I'm going to go... <laughs> It's so hard. It's so hard. I, I might have to go. What about Bob? Only because I, I that's the, I saw that one first, and I saw that so many times oh, with man. my family. I saw it in the theater like three times. It was so funny. I wish I could have seen that in the theater. Oh my gosh, man! That's the one thing growing up. Besides besides music, like my parents loved to go to the movies on the weekends. Yeah, and so we we would see a lot of movies on the weekends. The nineties was a good time for that, man. Yeah, oh, I remember yeah. seeing Jurassic Park in the theater. Oh yeah, I remember, I remember when like. Uh, they they re-released um, the the original Star Wars trilogy with all the new edits that now everyone kind of pokes fun at because it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But I remember going to the theater and thinking like, man, I get to experience going to see Star Wars for the first time in the theater because mm. I was too young when they first came out, and it was just exciting. It was so fun. Remember the Golden Child? Oh yeah, <laughs> Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time. I'm telling you, dude, we haven't really Groundhog Day and What About Bob get close to the what I'm feeling inside my yeah. soul about coming to America. Another great Eddie Murphy movie, Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop, fantastic, fantastic. How about some Harlem Nights? Pretty good. Harlem Nights, man. Remember that's, Harlem that's Nights? One I haven't seen in a long time. I think that's the one he did after Coming to America. Yeah, Eddie Murphy wrote Coming to America. Yeah, let's give it up for Eddie fucking Murphy, dude. Eddie Murphy, I love you, Eddie. He's so good. Not to mention all the great uh, memorable stuff he did on SNL. He's he's an unbelievable talent. (laughs) Did you ever see Bowfinger? I did see Bowfinger. Him and Steve Martin? Is that when he was like kind of a Hollywood meta? Yes, totally. He's making a film. Yeah, Steve Martin. And then they find the guy that looks just like him, but it's obviously him playing two characters. He's like super nerdy with braces and stuff. Dude, he, he underrated film. He really kind of like was ahead of his time when it came to like the prosthetics and like the shit he was doing. Playing a bunch of different characters in the same movie. I mean, the whole barbershop scene. The barbershop scene. I mean, are you fucking kidding me, dude? He plays everybody but one guy, and that's Arsenio. Yeah, Arsenio. Um, no, there's one other guy. His name's Clint. Oh, the, yeah, that's the, right. The kind of shorter dude is another actor named Clint something. That's right. But he does play, he plays the main barber, and he plays the white guy. Yeah. And then there's the Arsenio. The white Jewish guy. The white Jewish guy. Yeah. <laughs> you must be out of your goddamn mind. Joe Lewis, the greatest boxer ever lived. I'll be with you boys in a minute. He was bad at the Clay. He bad in Sugar Ray. He bad in that. Who that? You, the new boy. Mike, Mike, Mike Tyson look like a bulldog. He bad at him too. He done whipped Mike Tyson there. He whipped all the asses. What about Rocky Marciano? Oh, there they go. There they go. Every time I start talking about boxing, a white man got to pull Rocky Marciano out their ass. That's the one. That's the one. Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. Let me tell you something wonderful. Rocky Marciano was good. But compared to Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano ain't shit. He bit Joe Lewis's ass. That's right, he did whoop Joe Lewis's ass. Joe 
Lewis was 75 years old when they fought. I don't know how old he was, but he got his ass whooped. Joe Lewis had come out of retirement to fight Rocky Marciano. The man was 76 years old. Joe Lewis always lied about his age. He lied about his age all the time. One time, Frank Sinatra comes out here and sat down in this chair. And I said, Frank, you hang out with Joe Lewis. Just between me and you, how old is Joe Lewis? You know what Frank told me? He said, hey, Joe Lewis, 137 years old. 137 years old. Oh, man, you ain't never meet no Frank Sinatra. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? <laughs> His mama called him catches. I'm going to call him catches. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have to do that. He played Randy Watson, He played dude. Randy fucking Watson. <laughs> Arsenio's the pastor. He's the this is this man in my passage that was a little boy. I got a special treat for you this evening. A young man that you all know is Joe the Policeman from the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. I want you to put your hands together. And welcome him to the stage. Big round of applause for Jackson Heights' own Mr. Randy Watson. Yes, Randy Watson. <laughs> that boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. <laughs> Randy Watson. That's yes. so true. That boy good. That boy good. Good, terrible. Good, terrible. Okay, Jesus, we have to finish this oh email. Oh, my gosh. He says, <laughs> uh, thank you for what you've done and continue to do for the Metallica family. I don't have an exact count of how many episodes I've gone through because I bounce around a lot and keep up with the new as they come. But it's enough to know that if and when the day comes that this wraps, there will be a Clint and Ethan-sized hole in the Metallica universe that would be impossible to fill. If you're ever in Fort Wayne, Indiana, I'd be happy to get you guys a beer or a root beer float or whatever. I haven't had a root beer float in a while. Been Maybe a 30 years. Yep. He says, remember to have fun always and to zone it from Fort Wayne, Indiana, New Jersey. Hunter Jump. You got to zone it some, from time to time. Man. <sighs> I'm in a 24-7 zone it zone. So I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, that's that, that's a good way to look at life. I and mean, we're talking about like not watching crappy movies. Mm-hmm. You got to zone it. You can sit in front of Netflix or Hulu or whatever the hell you're watching. Or, or I don't want to be a snob cable. about that. I'm not trying to be a snob. I'll no, tell you. I'll tell snob, you. But, but you're right, though. It's like the night, the, the nights, even when I'm by myself in, 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 in my studio, just... You know, I'm done doing whatever, and it's like I'm gonna kick back and watch something on one of the streaming services. I mean, did do you watch any of the Oscar movies? Uh, I don't know. I don't watch the Oscars. Right. I, I just I don't pay attention. Like, did you see Don't Look Up? No, it's in my queue still. Yeah, I mean, I've you should see fan, that. I heard it's fantastic. I mean, it's 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 it'll make you think, dude. Yeah. And it's Leonardo DiCaprio. He's so great. He's great. Michael yeah. Shannon is so great. Some of these Oscar movies I force myself to watch. I kind of need to take my own advice because I watched some of these Oscar things and I was like, that was a waste of my time. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it. It was unpleasant. It might win some awards, but who gives a shit? Yeah. But you should watch The Power of the Dog. Okay. Which is on Netflix. Power of the Dog? Okay. Yeah. I that, will. That the director won Best Director for that movie. It okay. was nominated for like 11 Oscars. I'm, I'm sure it's great then. The ones from la- a couple years ago, dude. Fucking the World War One movie, 1917. Oh yeah, I forgot about and that. then there was a movie, a Korean movie called Parasite. Oh man, I didn't see Parasite. I remember that winning though. It did. It yeah. won Best Foreign Picture and Best Picture. And best Picture, yeah. That's crazy. That's insane. I think that's only happened like two times. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Wow. Anyway, all right, we got one last email, and I threw this in here last minute because it's from Christian Post, and he just won the water cooler. <laughs> Dude, we love giving out those coolers. Uh, Christian Post says, "Hey, gents, I'm so happy I won one of these water bottles. Thanks for the, doing the giveaway. I can't wait to take." Uh, take the water bottle, lather up with honey, vanilla, lavender, essential oils, and spend some quality time climbing the beanstalk <laughs> high on magic bean shrooms. Wow. Because if I'm climbing the beanstalk, I might as well fly high like an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Into the future. I'll be showing it off to all the Melbourne Podcast fam at Boston Calling come Memorial Day weekend, including Namara and Hari, who uh, 
uh, Dave, Lindsay, and Nabil and I convinced to come up for the show. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, I w- I'm always happy to support any Kickstarter Clint or Ethan puts out there. You guys rock and happy uh, to support your new musical projects, whatever it is. Thank you. Clint's new album, by the way, I cannot wait for it. Awesome. I don't know if there's uh, any way in the Discord to do a poll, but I'd love if you guys did another shirt run. We can give a vote on which uh, one we like the best to print. Do you want to do that? I can look it up. I'm, there's got to be a way to do it. To do a poll, I'll figure. I, there's got to be. I don't or know. Maybe just ask, uh, or just ask. <laughs> Actually, you know the easiest way to do <laughs> That's it. That's the old-fashioned poll. How, how about just asking, <laughs> and then I, I'll get I'll get out my clipboard and <laughs> one, one more tally. For you the must, you'll search. have to tabulate the responses. That's right. Uh, anyways, he ends by saying thank you and hope to see you both again in Boston or Nashville for karaoke at the next military podcast family barbecue cookout party real soon. Also, happy Easter to both of your families and to all those out there who celebrate uh, uh, listening. From Christian Post, he says, P.S., how can I not include the great quote from Dodgeball about drinking your own urine, mm. which we talked about last week? Mm-hmm. The great Patches O'Hulahan from Dodgeball says, it is, uh, is it a necessity for me to drink my own urine? No, I do it anyways because it's sterile and I like the taste. <laughs> Is that the Ben Stiller character? No, that's the uh, the old guy that trains them to do dodge. He's in the wheelchair, and he's like, "You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball." Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I love the Ben Stiller. He's like, "I read it in a book." In a I book. just remember that his character in that one's great. <laughs> ben Stiller is great. Man. A Ben Stiller movie. There's 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 another bunch of great comedies. Zoolander. Oh man, dude, that first Zoolander. The, it, it, okay, we're gonna get into a new category here because Zoolander, great, but it's it's like a different echelon. Yeah, it's kind of great and kind of a <sighs> indie underground uh, su- surprise you it's good thing true it, it, it's also a movie that if it's on i can always watch it yeah if, if Zulin, like joe dirt's kind of like that yeah joe dirt if it's on i wish johnny sawyer was here dude because he can quote joe dirt like oh, nobody yeah. joe dirt was on tv the other day and i watched it on tv with commercials, with commercials. and it was great yeah it's so fun dennis miller's great in it um but it's not groundhog day you know what I mean? It, it'd be in yeah. a different category. Well, Groundhog Day is also the, the, just the whole premise of the movie. It was so out there at the time. It's, it's like, amazing. What if your day just repeated yeah. and, and you have to try to figure out how to make that cycle stop? Well, it's Groundhog Day again. again. <laughs> <laughs> what if there's no tomorrow tomorrow? There's so many great lines in that. I'm sorry. What was that again? I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. I don't think. Because you survived a car wreck? You folks ready to order? I didn't just survive a wreck. I wasn't just blown up yesterday. I have been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. Oh, really? And every morning I wake up without a scratch on me, not a dent in the fender, I am an immortal. Special today is blueberry waffles. One of my favorite sequences is Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Phil! Hey, Phil? Phil? Phil Connors? Phil Connors, I thought that was you. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for watching. Hey, hey. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me, because I sure as heck fire remember you. Not a chance. (laughs) Ned! Ryerson! Needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Case Western High. Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing! Again! Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times till you told me not to anymore. Well? Ned Ryerson? Bing! Bing! (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Bing! Bing! 
thing got again. Oh my god, we have to get out of the film tangent before I before I live here forever. We need to do well. This is uh, let me get my clipboard out again and tie that up as an, a tangent episode we could do in the future. Oh, about the shirts, dude. The shirts are super easy to do runs of. So yeah, once you figure out what everyone wants, we can do it. Yeah. I mean, we could do the OG. We could do the Paul shirts. Well, maybe I can design a new one. Who we knows? could design a brand new one. We could do. Um, I think the last one we did was for the the Burrito Gate party. Burrito Gate, we did that, and then before that would have been Rome guy, I guess. And we did a Rome guy shirts. That's right. So they're super easy to do. We've got all the things, and I've still got Lunar Satan shirts too. By the way, by the way, if you want a Lunar Satan vinyl or a shirt or a cassette, write in. They're for sale. I want to get all this shit. I'm cleaning the slate for my new record. That's right, and. Uh, I want to get all this shit out of my garage, basically. Yeah, it, it, I've been in there. There's a lot of uh, Clint Wells merchandise. Okay, we're going to dip into the uh, Patreon commercial. Stick around if you can support the show. Do it. You're going to feel good about it. And then we're going to listen to Hot Summer Nights Part 1. Hell yeah. Hey, everyone. Clint and Ethan here. And we want to tell you about a little thing called Patreon. Patreon is an easy and interactive way to support the people who make the things that you love. For as little as five bucks a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast can continue to grow in quality and content. That's equivalent to a cup of coffee or a beer once a month. Not only is it easy and affordable, but we've made it a priority since day one to give back to our Patreon community. We've given away deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, black and whiskey, concert tickets to SM2 and Slang Castle, all four of our Cover Our World Black and EPs, 26 quarantine covers, and Lunar Satan demos, invitations to exclusive Zoom happy hours, the ability to ask our guests like Jay Weinberg of Slipknot, Lizzie Hale, and members of the Metallica crew your very own questions, and eligibility for our Metal Tale series where you can be a guest on Metal Up Your Podcast and tell us all about a notable Metallica show you've been to. Subscribe to Patreon today and immediately get access to years worth of bonus content. Thank you for supporting the people who make the things that you love. Peace. Adios. <laughs> I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, new print. Little, yellow, different. Okay, so we don't have any information there's about... No, there's no notes on any of this stuff. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do part one. We're going to let you guys in on the secret here for part one. Part two, however, is going to be Patreon exclusive. Right. So if, you, if you're dying to hear the, the last half of this material, you're going to have to pony up over at Patreon. That's right. And uh, so I wish we could explain some of the artists, but all we really have are song titles. And, and that's what it was. Like, like when I imported the CD into my iTunes, someone had done it already. And like, so when it burned, it had the info and all it had were song titles. And some of, there was like three of them when I found these on my hard drive, just said like track six. Yeah. So I just made up a title. Well, so we're going <laughs> to, this is one of my favorites. Here's Treasures in Heaven. You're going to understand why. This song is called Treasures in Heaven. <laughs> my grandmother was 94 when she died two years ago. And a week after she died, I had a dream about her. And in the dream, she said, Judy, I want you to write a song called Treasures in Heaven. And in the dream, she waved goodbye to me. And then in the end of the dream, I was singing Treasures in Heaven <laughs> with Prince, the rock singer. <laughs> So anyway, this is Treasures in Heaven, and I hope you like it. I've been involved in church choirs. I sang at the Billy Graham Crusade in Portland two years ago. She intros ago. the song and then doesn't play it. I was in the soprano choir with Johnny Cash and June Carter. She um, was in a choir with them. I've collected thousands of clothes for charity, and mainly I just want to sing and do good things. Four years ago, That's right. I, just um, want to sing and do I good moved things. up to Portland, Oregon from Fort Worth, Texas, 
and my husband and I bought a camper shell from a girl named Lisa Marie Presley. Well, I just found out that the Presleys are my neighbors. They live upstairs. <laughs> they live and upstairs. Also, upstairs. I met a gay man named Patsy Klein last year while I was singing Blue Moon. She's insane. I met a gay man named Patsy Klein. I bought a guitar in the newspaper from a man named Michael McDonald. And my husband bought a parachute downtown Portland from a man named PFC Dick Clark. The ID tag was from 1958. So, um... Pretty much, all I do is go to church and do good things, and I think I'm getting a lot of signs that I'm supposed to sing and do good things. So, if this music isn't what you want, please tell me what you're looking for, and I'll mail you more tapes. Thank you very much, and I hope you like this. So, and then we never hear treasures. We in never, heaven. yeah. That's that's the mystery of treasures in heaven, and and this woman who, who, as far as I can tell, she goes to church and does good things, and is insane, and is insane. I mean, she bought a camper from Lisa Marie Presley. The Presleys are her neighbors. They live upstairs. Live upstairs. She's hanging out with Michael McDonald. Uh, I keep forgetting. She <laughs> no, 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 ain't no mountain high she, she, the, the, she met a gay man named Patsy Klein. <laughs> That's my favorite one. She met a gay man named Patsy Klein. Oh my God. I hope there's a heaven. I hope there's a heaven and Prince is there now. Because if, if Prince didn't make it to heaven, ain't no one going to heaven, <laughs> first of all. Amen. And I hope he's there now. And I hope he's singing Treasures in Heaven because she had a dream that she sang it with Prince, with Prince. the rock singer. That's right. Um, unless, unless uh, I don't know if this woman is still alive. Maybe she's in heaven already. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Or maybe Prince is there waiting. It, that's, he's like, okay, I'm in heaven. This is This rules. Everything's awesome. Everything's awesome. It's um, but I'm, this is radical. But I'm waiting for that one woman that goes to church and does good things to get up here and sing "Treasures in Heaven." Maybe, maybe the song was never even written. Maybe she has to wait to get to heaven to finish writing it. <laughs> That's just my analysis of the sitch, the "Treasures in Heaven" sitch. At, at first, like, because I haven't listened to these in like 20 years. So at first, I was like, "Oh no!" Like, are we gonna are we gonna feel bad for making fun of this sweet lady who just wants to? go to church and do good things. Then when she starts the name, the name checklist, and then she gets to the gay man named Patsy Klein and stuff, right. then you're like, oh, she's crazy. She's insane. And then you can, then I'm back to feeling right. okay about yeah, laughing at yeah. it. Oh my gosh. Okay. This, <laughs> this next one's called kill me. Oh man. This is a, yeah. Okay. Let it be. <laughs> it's Paul McCartney. So this is kind of the Christian theology of like you must die to yourself to yeah, live. Right. She takes it to a very intense conclusion here in the chorus. Yes. Love that one. Live. Uh, melodically, it's fine so far. Yeah. But I'm telling you, this chorus. Oh, there's a payoff for sure. goodness i mean i haven't listened to these in probably 10 to 15 years but i remember all of this like 
Now I'm dead. <laughs> now I'm dead. <laughs> kill me, kill me, kill me. But the thing, the thing that she, first of all, the piano part's pretty, and yeah. then she's like, "To die would be to gain." Like I like all that melody, sure. but then she's like, "So." Kill me, kill me, kill me. Now I'm dead. <laughs> that sounds, that's kind of Mustaine lyrics. Kill me, kill me, kill me. Now I'm dead. Yeah, I was gonna it's it's like a combination between Mustaine and like Saint Anger. Yeah, for sure. Kill, 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 kill. 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 Now I'm dead. Now I'm, now I'm dead. My knees are clammy. All right, here's hot summer nights. You know it. Oh. You know it and you love it. I love this song. The hit single. And the best part is, and the story I heard was this guy came to Nashville, hired all these A-list dudes, yeah. and this is the result. Okay. That's what I've heard. There's a place I go to escape from my memory. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> I can almost hear the waves and, and the, the tropical, tropical breeze. breeze. <laughs> I see the moonlight on her face and the wind in her hair. Can you imagine if some big country artists actually cover this properly? I gotta say, if they really did hire A-list people, this this sounds like shit. It sounds like a karaoke track. It kind of does, actually. It sounds like total shit. I mean, this could be from the 90s. I have no idea. 90s had great shit. They had good stuff, but... Dude, go listen to Brooks and Dunn, man. The 90s, that's Dan Huff. Uh, we will be listening to Brooks and Dunn's side stage. You're gonna have your mind blown, dude, because they're fucking sick. Very soon. This sounds like shit. This sounds like karaoke. <laughs> Mine. The temperature rose as her heart melted into mine. <laughs> mine. <laughs> as our bodies met, you could feel the flames ignite. <laughs> I love that. And the desire in her eyes heated up those hot summer nights. I love the delays. Ooh, hot summer nights. They didn't think to put a fucking harmony on there. Ooh, felt so right. I mean, that would have really improved this chorus. If the chorus. If the, if the guy singing is listening right now, come back to Nashville, man. Me and Clint will knock out a kick ass version of this for you. Yeah, for $10,000. Right. Ooh, hot summer nights. Got a bridge here? Uh, guitar solo. Like the rhythm section isn't happening. It's real stiff. It's very. It's very. If it was like bland. pocket. Yeah. I look at the stars and I make my wish tonight. <laughs> <laughs> where could she be? And is she thinking about me? And wishing I was holding her. This is my favorite one right here. Oof. When he starts improv, oh yeah, it's I can feel it. Oh, it's great. Felt so right. Passion in paradise. Passion in paradise. Alright, it's about to get real, everybody. This guy's about to mean this shit. Oh, get that four on the floor. Are there congas in there? Oh, yeah. Here we go. This is my, this is great right here. I can feel it. I can feel it. 
I mean, that's. I mean, that's gold. Yeah, I, I'm having a tough time believing that's like Nashville A-listers because it sounds like shit. But you got to give them kudos for like writing a full thing. Like, there's a bridge, there's a concept, and there's some good lines in there. The 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 night's hot. It's yeah. summer, but also the relationship he hopes is also a hot. Right. The temperatures, his temperatures rising. Yeah. Maybe his little penis is rising. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's as our, <clears throat> as our bodies met, you could feel the, the flames ignite. Yeah, it kind of does all the things that shitty country songs in this town do, where it's like it's a double entendre. You're talking about the weather. Everyone likes the summertime. Right. She's hot like the sun. But, you know, pretty rough vocally. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, that's as rough as it gets. I mean, also just the tone of his voice is just very interesting. And <laughs> very nasally. I mean, I just wonder if that dude still. So you read about this guy? Like, you know his name? No, and shit? it was just one of those things that as that, that those, those CDs were getting passed around, someone was like, yeah, the Hot Summer Nights song, like the guy basically came to Nashville. And I, I never read anything anywhere. That, that's just what a couple people would like. The rumor was he came to Nashville, hired some dudes to play on his tune, and that was the result. I mean, that. I guess that happens in town. I and mean, I guess you can find... <clears throat> You can find a squirrely group of dudes that pretend that are pretending to be Nashville elite, right? That are like that will kind of take advantage of someone, maybe. I mean, I mean, I wonder what that dude paid. And my other question is: Is that the only song he recorded? Because I would love to hear more. <laughs> Man, I'd, yeah, uh, I don't know. There's a song called "Cool Winter Days" or something. Like you know, I was working in a CD store when William Hung's album came out. She bangs. She yeah, bangs. You remember that? Oh yeah. And, William Hung, and now that was tough because he seemed to have like a mental, like a a, a mental disability. I sure. think so. That was a little hard. I mean, I laughed at it like everybody, but right. I did feel. And so what happened is he was on American. He was like a, so bad on American Idol that he got a record deal. Yeah, and because I I worked for a a, a chain called Coconuts. Coconuts. So it was, okay. you ever have Coconuts? No. It was a national chain. So because it was like big corporate bullshitty, full of shit thing. They made us play. We had to play certain music. Oh god! And you know, like the, you know, they'd have like the top ten records. It was all payola bullshit. Sure, we would get readout sheets of like which records to push because of whatever little side deals that the corporation of coconuts had with record labels. Yeah, it was a fucking monstrous place. Oh yeah, but whatever label put out William Hung's record, so we had to we had to play it in the store. Oh my gosh, dude! He, he, there's a version of him doing Hotel California. Oh, see, I. I, I don't think I've ever listened to anything else he's done, but but she bangs, she bangs, yeah. He did a whole album. I remember it was a whole cover album, essentially, right? It, it was a whole covers album, and when we when the day that album dropped, there was two lines wrapped around the entire building. Crazy! I sold William Hung CDs all day, <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? This oh my isn't." Gosh. But it's just you know, he made he made money for a bunch of other people. I'm sure he didn't make any of the he money. He probably made hardly anything. Oh my god, I'm wrapping the story around too. Okay, three years ago we were doing Kimmel with Rodney. Yeah. And they had basically a, a a reunion of all the American Idol rejects and William Hung was there. And one of my bandmates like became friends with him like got his number no and shit. Way. I swear to god. We were in the green room together cuz they did their segment and it was just all the re- rejects from American Idol yeah. and William Hung was there. Did, did you chat with him? I didn't talk to William Hung. I would love if you would have told him that story like man <clears> I worked at this record store and there's a line around the block for you. I'm, I'm trying to remember which one of our guys got his number, but they were like, 
Like he was leaving. They're like, bye, William. And he was like, oh, bye, yeah. bye, Derek. See you, Bill. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Jesus, wow. this is all dawning on me. Okay, track four. We don't have a name for this, unfortunately, and I have no idea what it is. It but I'm, it, oh, weird. I, I, anyone that said that, I'd retitle. I guess it didn't. Do you remember what you titled track four? Uh now, now did you? Oh, no, this is, oh, the, it, you know, it's weird. It's in your file, but it didn't translate to iTunes. So this is called. Okay. Oh, you know what? This is a different tracking order. Damn it. Well, let's just, let's just continue as. as okay. So this one's called That's Peculiar. And I, I do remember this one. Okay. Here's That's Peculiar. <laughs> there are parallel octaves in this song. That's Peculiar. <laughs> of my students that's peculiar it's like the weird science song it's a music class Without slavish laziness. My gosh. Okay. I, so Which, by said, the way, that's redundant. I think to be slavish is to be lazy. Right. Come on. Did you, I thought you were a professor. In, what, what school is well, she at? Well, she said MSFC. MSFC. So I just, I looked it up and I'm not saying, I see a thing called Medical Students for Choice or is it M, MFSC? Oh, man. I really wish we could get a, 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 you know, a lyric sheet. Maybe this is on Genius Lyrics. Oh, man. That one's rough, dude. Man, yeah. Oh my God. There are parallel <laughs> in this song, <laughs> but clearly inspired by like the '80s Devo. Yeah. Uh, what's the band that did the song "Weird Science"? Weird, uh, or, or "Blinded"? She blinded me with science. That's what that sounds like. You know that song? She blinded yeah, me with yeah, science. Yeah. Isn't that the weird science song? I, I, amazingly, I think no. Science. I think she. <laughs> You're just shouting science. Yeah. <laughs> science. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Dolby did She Blinded Me with Science. This is what this person was influenced by. For sure. That's peculiar. That's peculiar. Yeah. Remember this song? Oh, yeah. Was this not used in the Weird Science movie, though? No, there's a song called Weird Science. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is on the soundtrack. I don't it know. It should be. They're like, how many quirky 80s songs about science are there? I mean, he yells science. Science! She blinded me with science! It is amazing that that song... Oh, Oingo Boingo did Weird Science. That's Holy right, that's right. It's Danny Elfman. From my heart and from my hand Why don't people understand my intention? This song's cool. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot that Ongo Ongo Bongo did this. Oh, my God. Putting the floppy disk in. Yeah. This is a fun song. That, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. That song is awesome. That's weird. Now, she blinded me with science. I don't know. Okay, this next one, track four. Moving right along here. Okay. 
Hot Summer Nights Part 1. This is called I Am a Man. I Am a Man. Which, I guess, good to know. Oh, boy. Getting funky. We got the 90s boombox loop. The Casio loop. Yeah. I am a man. What does that mean? That means that I have a chance to become like the one that I came from. There is a way before me, not just walls, there must a door be. My every step has meaning, a strong arm's therefore leaning. I've been prepared for service, I shouldn't be so nervous. I am a child of father, though demons try to bother. There is a time and space that I'm destined to meet God at. Being a man is such a privilege. <laughs> I am a man. I am a man. It's got the wraparound. What does that mean? That means that if I fail, I can recover. There's new things to discover. Man. What's gone before can find <laughs> I am a man. I can leave what does that mean? Behind me. Though we reap what we have sown each season, a new crop can be grown. I have the power to flourish, protect, preserve, and nourish the loved ones I've been blessed with. No demons try to mess man. with Jesus Christ. I'm <laughs> His power never fails. Was it Descartes or Socrates that said, I am a man, what does that mean? Right. I am a man, what does that mean? What does that mean? That means that my weaknesses are counted before the battle's mounted. My Lord and Savior won't let me get it over my head. Like the, my the loop behind is kind of like... When you click the island setting or something, <laughs> exactly, it's like a little picture of a like a fucking you know a, like a, a, a steel drum or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, break it down. She blinded me with science. I actually like this part. Get up off of that thing. Repeat. The chorus and the verse are exactly the same. It's just. So is the rest of the song just another? Uh, does anything else happen? I think we already got the sick breakdown. I may, <laughs> I may have to bow out of this one if it doesn't change. I'm going to take a wild guess and says it does not change. Okay. Let's bow out. Well, that was I am a man. What does it mean? <sighs> it means that. Wow. Well, we just got that funky breakdown. So, Jesus, Jesus, yeah. Jesus. Okay, number five. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Here we go. Here's Oh Lord. Good afternoon, Word Records. <laughs> Word Records. I got the right song now, so I'm trying this recording over one more time. I love he says, I got the right uh, song now. Song like he Lord sent one with, with the wrong piano, song. This is Pawpaw. Yeah. This is where Pawpaw comes from. This is Pawpaw submitting his song to Word Records, a Christian label. Maybe you can save that choir for the backups, have your soloist do the line, main lines. I'll send you a copy of it also. Uh, <laughs> You'll have that there. The reason why I sent you all my music is because um, I'm in this hospital here. And, oh, uh, shit. We're evil. joke around. Smart Ugh. Alex joke around stuff. And this Smart guy Alex. called me a crook and Jimmy Swaggart. And it just hurt my feelings, especially after. A crook and Jimmy Swaggart. Um, praying to see this girl two days in a row and never get the chance to see her. If it be the Lord's will, that was my prayer. And uh, then third day, second or third day, he called me a cook and Jimmy Swagger. And it just hurt my feelings. Called you a cook? You culinary? Is it? I mean, you're from the South. Do you know this? Is that an insult? Call someone a crook and a Jimmy Swagger? 
Well, Jimmy Swaggart was, yeah, like a, a, a swindler, a con man. Yeah. I just thought, uh, well, maybe I am a cook. Maybe I should. Give He's saying cook. <laughs> it sounds like cook. <laughs> Did he make her some eggs? And she right. was like, "You're a cook now." And he's like, "Don't call me that now." Okay, fine. You're Jimmy Swaggart. I mean, Jimmy Swaggart probably made some eggs in his day too. Right. Some uh, scripture that I recorded. I was uh, about a friend's tape player. I made a deal with another patient here to uh, trade stereos and uh, record. The Old Testament. Start recording that, but the tape player messed up. Oh my God! He was going to record the fucking Old Testament. <laughs> the whole thing. Have fun and with Deuteronomy, dude. Yeah. Music ever since, and uh, but uh, I don't think it hurt to record this song over it for you people. Uh, he sent this to a record label. Yes. I mean, I remember old, talking to people like at uh, Tooth and Nail Records back in the day, and they're like, "Dude, the we get tapes and CDs Lord. sent yeah. here, like." Every week, they just show up. Guitar, so, so he's directing what the music notes, uh, could be a, like. A, a, B, oh, he has a guitar. D, D, tri, treble. A D treble. D treble. Seventh. That's not a thing. Fret, ring finger. Second string. Uh, B string. Uh, F note with the middle finger. Oh man, this is brutal. Between, yeah. Um, should we skip to when he sings? We should probably maybe skip little, ahead a little bit. It's a good song. You might use a guitar. Oh, shit, does he? I don't remember. Seemed to come in on. Oh, here we go. Guitar on this, but the piano would seem to come in on on that part, whatever that chord. Some kind of C, A. Like he thinks that people are sitting around and they're like, "Everyone, get your instruments out." Yeah, this is amazing. Piano could come in here. Sounds like an A minor. Does sound like an A minor. A minor to a D minor. If you can use it, take a million for it. Here you go. Take a million for it. It also sounds like he has like rings on that are scraping the guitar. Yeah. He's got a good sense of time. Ooh. What about that was that was a chord from another dimension. I'm glad to hear from Papa, though. Do you think we've gotten it? I think we got Are the, we good on O oh Lord? I think we got the point on O oh Lord. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Just still going. The only thing I like about the song is like, oh, that D minor to A minor is kind of cool, but you could put that into any song. It doesn't really, that doesn't really speak to the uh, the composition of the song. <laughs> okay, here's track six. This is Nightingale. Beautiful oh. title. I wrote a song with Bob Schneider once called Nightingale. Okay. Here's this version, though. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about this one. Nightingale. <laughs> 
like a Disney movie or something. Uh, from hell. <laughs> Disney presents from hell. <laughs> It's like she's like trying to fake it. Like, yeah, you could almost kind of fool someone. Like, right. It has like sort of the trap, the dramatic trappings of someone who can sing well. But this, <laughs> like, her, like she has an intense vibrato. But just the tone. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was when she found out she had a rock in her shoe. Yeah. <laughs> this is working towards a blistering conclusion. Oh. I can feel it. It sounds like <laughs> it was a nice little run. <laughs> that poor pianist, dude. Oh, oh shit. yeah. Yeah, say Nightingale. Wow. Um, well, there okay. was Nightingale. I mean, um, it, it, at a certain point, it sounded like. When somebody who doesn't really play guitar who picks up a guitar with a Floyd Rose on it, like the crazy, <laughs> hits one note and goes bow, 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 like, as, as fast as they can. That's what that sounded like to me. There's a really, speaking of good movies, there's an interesting movie about this that Meryl Streep was in. Let me try to find what it was called. It was one of those Oscar y movies. Yeah. It's called, oh, it's called Florence Foster Jenkins. Okay. And it's about, uh, let me read you the synopsis. Okay. The story of Florence Foster Jenkins, a New York heiress who dreamed of becoming an opera singer despite having a terrible singing voice. Uh, okay. So she's a rich lady. And basically, she just has a bunch of sycophants around her, mm-hmm. and no one tells her that she can't sing, and she wants to perform at Carnegie Hall. Yeah. It's a brilliant performance. I need to it, see this. Because yeah. you can imagine that you're, you're basically humiliatingly horrible right. singing. But you have the means to exactly. get she basically a voice pays her way there and all that stuff. Yeah. And everyone's kind of just in on it because she pays everybody. No one wants to tell her no. And then like she, the movie kind of culminates with her performance and then like the reviews. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, at that point, it's like it's it, 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 kind of similar to the, the audition portion of American Idol when the parents are like, I don't care what Steven Tyler says. My <laughs> daughter has the best voice in the world, you know, whatever. I know. It's like it, that is sad, especially like as a as a parent. I'm like, I get it. You know, you you want to protect your kid from everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't want them to feel any pain. It's just like some weird prime directive. But at the same time, what are you sparing them from if you don't tell them the truth? Right. You're, you know? You're, yeah. You're, you're just setting them up to either just fall from a, uh, uh, you know, from a great. You're going to let them get on TV and be horrible. Yeah. You're going to let this shit go to Carnegie Hall. Right. That worked one time and his name is William Hung. Okay. <laughs> that poor bastard. I felt like William Hung, they kind of just paraded around like a zoo animal and just made money off Absolutely of it. Absolutely they did. You yeah. know? And I mean, what is he doing? I, I don't know what he's doing now. Nobody cares anymore. I mean, he drove himself to Kimmel and he drove himself home. He was by himself. Yeah. It's like, I guarantee you, whoever, like, yeah, we're going to put you on the, you know, we're going to give you a record deal. I'm sure they cut him out of anything. And it was all cover songs. Yeah. And probably who, I guarantee, 
I'm sure we could look this up. I guarantee you every song he covered was in the catalog of that record label. Oh, probably. It was probably Ricky Martin's label. We're like, hey, you know what? Because he he went viral, an early version of right. viral with She Bangs. I guarantee you it's Ricky Martin's label who owned She Bangs. They're like, what else, I what else can I, cover? I, I bet you Desmond Child wrote it. And they probably said, you know what? Let's sign him and have him cover our songs from our catalog. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the, the best way for them to make a ton of money. Just straight up exploitation. And it worked. It did work. Yeah. I, I rang up, I don't know, probably 500 copies of that CD that day. And you know, uh, William Hung. William Hung. I want to, while we're on the subject, I'm going to look at the track listing really fast because. Yeah. Um, Some, and someone do the math, the spiritual math and the real math on whether or not those songs are owned by that label or at least were at that time. Okay. Discography. Yeah. So was this, this was uh, the record Inspiration. <laughs> I, I don't. 2004 sound good that's it that is it okay because he did a, another one the next year called miracle happy summer from william hung <laughs> it's called miracle happy summer yeah from william hung okay so here's <laughs> oh this poor dude i mean looking at it's just the photo track listing okay uh words of gratitude original song written by william hung is the first track okay so they okay so maybe they maybe they weren't complete monsters well there's there's not many originals on here so but they but they let him have one because the because that was at a time where if that record sold a million copies and he had a cut on it, he's getting paid. Right. Pre-streaming. So that's good. Okay. It's she Bangs Ricky Martin, Balamos by Enrique Iglesias, I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly, Hotel California by the Eagles, Can You Feel the Love Night by Elton John. Oh, boy. Two Worlds by Phil Collins, Inspirational Thoughts, Preserve, uh, Perseverance, Original Monologue by Hung, oh. Rocket Man, Elton John, <laughs> Free, Original Song Written by Hung and Saul Al- Alvarez, Circle of Life, Elton John, Inspirational thoughts, be yourself by William Hung, YMCA, um, and then it closes <laughs> closes with shake, "Shake Your Bon Bon" by Ricky Martin as well. Yeah. So, well, okay. Let me ask you a question. Which one of those do you want to hear? Uh, do we want to hear his original song, "Words of Gratitude"? Well, I have, <laughs> sure. I also have a question about that. So, so there are little moments. This this record is punctuated with like just him talking. It seems like most of it's like spoken words. So, what's the publishing sitch on that? You know what I mean? I mean, they're technically lyrics, right? If he's saying even just words, I don't know how that works. I mean, do you get, did you write that? I mean, I I don't know. I've never done a spoken word album. There it is. He's also got a, he's got a Christmas album called Hung for the Holidays. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's pretty funny. I would call it that if my name was William. You know what I just looked up? I looked up, first of all, I looked up his net worth. Uh, First of all, he's 39 years old. He's one year older than me. Wow. I would have guessed he was much older. Okay. I don't know why. His net worth. What do you think his net worth is? It's going to surprise me. I know that. I'm going to say his album cover is ridiculous. (laughs) 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 I'm going to say his net worth is... I'm going to aim real high and his net worth is $10 million. <laughs> Am I, I can't what? believe you said that. <laughs> you think his net worth is $10 okay, million? His, okay. His net worth is... Uh, I think Jason Newstead's net worth is like $40 million. Okay. His net worth is like $500,000. It's 600000 Okay. According 600, to Celebrity Net Worth, which I have friends that are on that that say it's all bullshit. Yeah. Okay. So you wanted to hear his original? Which what, what, Here are his words of gratitude, first of all. Let's just see what that is. Okay. Hello, I'm William Hong. You probably have seen me somewhere, either from American Idol, internet, news, media, wherever source you may know me from. I just want to say thank you for buying my album, and I wish all of you the best of luck in whatever you choose to do with your life. Wow, so it's literally just him saying thanks. 
and over some weird space future music. Right. Wow, that's really strange. I mean, so do you get, you, there's no way you get publishing on something like that, right? No, no. I mean, no. Um, what's his original so called? The, according to this, it's the first track called Words of Gratitude, original song. Oh, that's just, that's all that is. There's no song. So they're calling that a song. That's what we just listened to? Yeah, that's it. Oh. So that's not a song. Okay, well, there's other one. I think then there must be all spoken where there's uh, inspirational thoughts called one called Passion. Yeah, here's Passion. More spacey music. I may yeah. not be the best singer so in like, the world, but I sing from my heart. And I sing <laughs> The music is insane. I enjoy what I do. Not for money, not for fame. I just enjoy singing. That's nice. It's like the music. Nice. Do you ever go to Qzar? Do you ever do laser tag? It sounds like that's something like, like that. the music that you they they usher you in like a pre room, like when yeah. they split you up into teams. There's fog. Yes, that's the music they play at Qzar. Yeah, that or when you wait in line for Space Mountain at Disneyland. Okay, <laughs> do we want to hear YMCA? <laughs> it's like the space music playing YMCA now. <laughs> they went for a real space Qzar theme here in 2004. We would listen to this in the store all day. <laughs> and you're just like, God, put on Tool, please. Anything good. So, you know that, like, obviously, they get him in the studio. Everyone's got to hold a straight face because he's a terrible singer. <laughs> yes. They're not fixing anything, obviously, pitch-wise or no. timing. Well, no, because the point is to make fun of him. Like, that's the cynical point. It's right. to make money off of his him being bad. Yes. So they, there's no incentive to fix it. No, there's no incentive to fix it. And also, I mean, this is just printing money for them. They probably knocked all this out in a day. Absolutely. They probably had a some dude built a shitload of all these tracks, right? Yeah. Once those are ready to go, like, all right, let's bring William in for yep. one day. He doesn't need to do multiple takes unless so, he messes up the words. So what label is this on? Let me look. So this is K.O. Coke Records, like Coke Brothers. K.O.C.H. Records. That sounds like a shell company. You yeah. ever heard of Coach Coke Records? Nope, sure haven't. I guarantee you some nefarious corporate bullshit where they made some fake label or they made some little label yeah and it's under warner or fucking sony or something uh well apparently it was a thing that its successor was called entertainment one and then it failed and got acquired by entertainment one okay that's fishy right doesn't that sound weird it sounds really weird yeah so they acquired themselves i guess so yeah that sounds fucking says, shady as hell. The, the, the basic, the, the quick rundown of it is they were an American record label and just uh, distributor of film, television, and music. It was purchased by Canadian entertainment company Entertainment One in 2005. Um, yeah. It just sounds kind of shady. It looks, uh, let's see, Coco's independent Austrian record label at one point, recording uh, specialized in German folk music <laughs> and later popular classical music recordings. That just seems so weird. So all of that and William Hung. And William Hung. William Hung sings, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh-oh. This poor bastard. I mean, at least he's worth something, money-wise. I'm going to text the Rodney band and say, remember when we met William Hung? There's a calm surrender. <laughs> I wonder if he like crushed it in his home country. And 
Don't know, but and it sees me through is enough for this restless warrior just to be with you and can <laughs> you feel the love tonight? Wow. It is where we are. The music's atrocious too. Uh, yeah, the music sucks. It honestly sounds like really bad, like uh, the keyboard setting that the lady or church puts on during the worship songs or whatever. It just sounds very dated and 80s. It right? sounds like Muzak. I also yeah. worked at a CVS pharmacy and we had to listen to Muzak. You know what Muzak is? Oh, yeah. It's like karaoke sounding like renditions of, you know, it's fucking, usually just MIDI. Of like, yeah, of, of Isn't It Ironic by Alanis Morissette. Right. Okay. We're moving back to Hot Summer Nights. Okay. Unless you've done more detective work and spiritual math over there I'm on just, this Coke Records. I, I, no, I'm not going to that. I was just looking at where he, like, uh, U.S. independent albums on Billboard, he hit number one with this record. Right. Uh, Billboard 200, number 34. And the Australian, sorry, yeah, Australian album charts, number 89. <laughs> He's huge in Australia. It's just crazy, man. Huge okay. in Brisbane. Okay, so. Thank you, William. All right, William. Well, thank you for your service to humanity, dude. I'm sorry for everything that happened to you. Um, all right, this is Awesome God. Now, I do remember oh, this. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so I have to, okay, is this a kid? It's, it sounds like it, it might sounds be a kid like or a teenager, kid. maybe. So this is the song Awesome God, which who wrote Awesome? Was it Rich Mullins who wrote I Awesome Rich God? Mo- Rich Mullins, yeah. <clears throat> Rich Mullins, good songwriter. Yeah. So this is acapella, but with drums. A guy playing. You can tell that he's probably just sitting on the kit doing this. And there's some tempo fluctuations. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly. Here we go. <laughs> Getting funky. You know that long fill coming back into the slow part? <laughs> that little breath. Awesome. Here we go. <laughs> I want to see that pit open up. <laughs> I want to see a wall of death. <laughs> You know what that probably was? That was probably like <laughs> after the youth group left for Sunday morning. <laughs> stayed, yeah. he, he waited around for his mom to pick him up from church or whatever oh. or to get out of their, their service. And he's like, uh, hey, um, hey, Pastor Jones, can I go play the drums in there? He's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Whatever. And he had his little tape recorder. He's like, I'm going to blow their minds and record. It's just like, <clears throat> it's so schizophrenic. It's like, it's like you're playing two different songs, dude. Yeah. Do the slow guy. Yeah. Do the slow epic ballad or do the punk rock. <laughs> it's like it's like the scene in Walk Hard where he kind of invents punk rock because he's doing so much cocaine. He's like, you got to play it faster. 
<laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, oh well, that was awesome. God, now we have Champions of God, number eight. I don't recall this one, at least by the title. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. about a tape deck uh, we're a march. tape deck oh this is march march oh, yeah. march are these the same dudes that do fish <laughs> yeah maybe uh, and what about the one from earlier the uh i am a man yeah i feel like these are the same dudes Whoa. We're in a whimsical universe of dreams. Dude, that March shit. March! March! So let's saying March. We are the champions of God. Even when we wound, we live. We are the champions. Remember to give <laughs> By the fortress we <laughs> <laughs> Back into it We are the champions of God Those harmonies are not good No, no, not at all By the night we pray By the hope we stay By Jesus They all end separately. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just... I just want to revisit one section now. Everyone's groaning at home. I actually don't mind that part. That part... It reminds me of some of Steve Vai's weird shit. He has weird melodies like that. He's always using the eventide, like, you know, weird effects and shit. But I do want to revisit the march. March! (laughs) March! They're doing like a Beatles chord decision. They're like, hey, when you do the march section, first of all, kind of say marsh. And they're like angrily, marsh! Marsh! It's really, yeah, they're kind of (laughs) pissed off. But it's like this really cool chord progression underneath it. (laughs) Yeah, that is cool. It's kind of that Beatles-y. It's kind of like They're kind of doing this thing that that I don't even know if the Beatles did it, but it reminds me of the 60s. Yeah. Yep. Love that. You know, Marsh, Marsh, <laughs> Marsh. Uh, I, I do have to say, too, just because we're listening to so many of these in a row. Uh, you know, I'm a dispassionate atheist. I'm I'm cool with religion. No problem. I'm not mad about God. I'm not mad right. about anything. Sure. Everything's fine. Do whatever you need. It is weird to hear all the strange theology, like from yeah. an outsider. Sure. All these people like we're the losers that God raised up and we're the champions of God. And I am a man. What does that mean? It means I can. Like just hearing all the strange ideas. I know it's super weird. It is like, man, this is weird. Yeah, it's very weird. It's cool. Like, believe whatever you want, but just as a guy, 
as a man. You guys are saying some weird shit. <laughs> what does these that mean? Some, these are some weird ideas. It's some weird stuff. <laughs> Here's the last one. His eye. Now, this is the classic. His eyes on the sparrow. That's right. Now, we all know this song, right? And this is going to be the last one of Hot Summer Nights Part 1. Uh-oh. And why should the shadow So there's obviously like a little bit of talent there. Yeah, it's confusing. Vibrato, but it's just like the 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 delivery. My portion. My Porsche. My portion. Uh, dude, if Jesus is giving out Porsches, I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, there's like some parts of it that are good, but then there are parts of it that are really bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Put your hands together, sexual challenge. Sexual challenge. I believe this kind of has that. It totally I believe does. children of the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. Me. When I sing, because I'm happy. So I texted the Rodney band. Yeah. I said, hey, you guys remember that time we met William Hung at Kimmel? And the response is, Blake, the bass player, said, one of the best nights ever. So weird, but so good. Awesome. I'm writing, which one of you dummies got his number? (laughs) I hope that whoever has it, just for fun, texts it. What's up, Bill? It's Bill Hung. It's the so-and-so from the Rodney Atkins band. Man. Yeah, I'm going to have to bow out of this one, too. Yeah, it's getting oh. a little... Oh. Oh, maybe spoke too soon. Maybe there's gold here at the end. There's gold in these hills. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the harmonies aren't even on. Oh, my gosh. It's not like a dog just barked. chord is that it's a chord from hell it really is oh man that's that's that chord featured on the new slayer album (laughs) i'm pretty sure it was on the last slayer record (laughs) well there you have it folks that was what we're calling hot summer nights volume one there are 10 more of those gems yes i'm getting texts now from from the crew oh what what we got what we got so someone wrote all the american auto rejects someone wrote haha chewbacca lady they all got kicked out they kicked them out of the so basically after they did their segment they basically got kicked out of kimmel they oh, kind of got ushered out. Where it was like, hey, we don't have, room, we don't have a dressing room for you guys. Yeah. Bye-bye. Well, because <clears throat> we'd already done our whatever our thing was, too. Yeah. And we were like, hey, do we have, like, the producer who was doing that, I think I was sitting next to where he was, and I was like, do we all, like, I was like, we can split, too. And he g- g- gave, me, gave me a look, and he was like, you guys are fine. You guys are fine. You don't have to leave. We're trying to get all these 
the people. Well, it's, well it's, oh, well, you guys are the musical guests. There was probably like a normal guest, and then that was like a, just a segment. Like, hey, come on and do this, and then leave. Uh, Derek said I didn't get his number. I wish I did. I thought someone got his number. Ah, uh, oh was, well, it was Rodney. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they're they're still good they're, they're homies. To this yeah, day. totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's gonna wrap it up for this week, and. Uh, we got a Tangent City. I know this was mostly a Tangent City, but we got a Tangent City with Paul coming up soon. Oh, yeah, we do. At some point. It's going to be awesome. And Ethan and I are going to be on the road for most of this year. If you live out there in the world, uh, we're going to be in Europe for most of June. Dude, I can't wait for that. So we're going to have a blast. Everyone who wants to look up the tour dates, they're on our socials. You know what to do. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for listening. We're going to have Hot Summer Nights Part 2 up at Patreon soon. You can join us there for all sorts of bonuses and gifts and invites to Zooms and, of course, access to bonus episodes like that. dot com slash Metal Up Your Podcast. Every little bit helps and goes a long way. We appreciate everyone's support throughout the years. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your families. Always. We'll see you over there on the other side of that beanstalk. Peace. Adios. <laughs> Advice or what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs> <laughs>